Hello, everybody. I'm back with It's Not NPR. It's not uh, the Fraser Crane radio show, but it's actually... CBC big... Radio 1? No, not even CBC Radio 1. The one. It's Big Dog Ball Talk with Matt Eichhorn and Jordan Flegel. The only place for your smooth basketball takes. I'm Matt Eichhorn. Hey, Jordan. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. <laughs> it's going pretty good. <laughs> Love the voice. Class, trying to class this place up a little bit. I was saying to you before we started, <laughs> no, I, I, I've got a bit of a sexy rasp going. You said it wasn't sexy. I thought it was decent. You sound the exact same. No, what? come on. I've, I've been, I, was, I, I had a great weekend. Got to see some old yep. friends. Uh, excuse me, the band. Rocked it yes. out at Sneaky D's. You were there. We were in attendance. It was great. It was great to see live music again. They killed it as always. The other band's there too. Uh, it was It was great. I... I, yeah, anyone from Toronto listening to the podcast, I thought Sneaky D's had closed. Yep. Thank God it didn't. It's one of my favorite places to go out. Hey, and shout out Animal Boy, November 12th, also going to be yes. at Sneaky D's. So uh, if you guys go, say uh, you're here from Big Dog Ball Talk, and maybe we'll get a cut of that, uh, that entry pass. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, that, we, should, we should do that. We, why don't we have a live recording at Sneaky D's? That's true. Yeah, we could. Just, <laughs> we should we try to get on the card. Yeah, yeah. So get Sneaky D's, right? Sneak in. So they get the name from. From D. From uh, D's nuts. Wow. Anybody, guys, this is probably a really, really good segue time. I think that we're, uh, we were just about to really go downhill and train wreck and destroy <laughs> this entire episode so quickly after an electric start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, again, everybody, thank you so much for uh, taking this ride with uh, Jordan and I as we go through all the divisions here uh, leading into the NBA season coming up. Uh, it's been a blast so far. Uh, I was just telling Jordan as well. We just reached our hundredth download. Small steps, but uh, we appreciate all the support nonetheless. Uh, so if you're rocking with us, we're always rocking with you, and we're rocking our way down. Not to give us five Avenue. stars. Give us five <laughs> stars, please, everyone. Yeah, like we need it. We it need it. A long way. <laughs> but we are going to be hitting up the Northwest Division. Uh, there's actually quite a few strong teams in here, and uh, I think there's definitely going to be some debate to be had. Uh, you know, some uh, teams that have had some uh, really recent success, other teams that are going to maybe have a down year or other teams that, you know, might just surprise us and uh, really showcase what they've got going uh, coming into the season. And uh, yeah, really just throw a wrench into the, uh, the things of all of our predictions, which I'm, oh, I'm just, I'm sure that uh, we're, we're, we've been spot on so far. Wouldn't you say, Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, I'm just happy to be uh, heading over out west, uh, I was kind of getting sick of the east. Uh, yeah. I know we saved the central for the last episode, Central Division, um, who, you know, can't can't be too hard on the, the defending champs. Good for them. But I, I'm super happy to be talking about the west, who has at least, you know, for the past 10-ish years, had just kind of more interesting teams to talk about, more star power. It's kind of evened out over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of great talent in the East, but I, uh, I, I'm super excited to be at West for sure. Well, Jordan, let's kick it off with the team that, uh, in recent memory have uh, actually made a Western conference final. And we're talking about the Denver Nuggets, uh, in the off season, they acquired, uh, through the draft, Nishan Highland with the 26th pick, uh, and they were able to re-sign Will Barton and Jamichael Green, uh, as well as signing free agents, Austin Rivers and Jeff Green, uncle Jeff Green on probably his 25th team in the NBA. Uh, and then all they lost in free agency was JaVale McGee, who uh, they had acquired <laughs> in a trade deadline deal anyways. Uh, 
not a huge loss for them, but you know, he gets to go to the Suns, maybe compete for a title. Uh, yeah. But you know, we're looking at the Nuggets. Not a lot of changes, uh, as far as I can see right now. You know, again, they're still contenders, but the big thing that's setting them back right now is Jamal Murray's not healthy, and uh, uh, they've actually come out. I think that originally they said you know he was going to miss maybe half the season, come back uh, maybe a little bit before the All Star break. Uh, mm-hmm. From some of the reports uh, in an interview with Michael Porter Jr. recently, who just got paid big time. Uh, that mm-hmm. is an extension that came out after the list that we're using for anyone who uh, isn't following along on that. Uh, but MPJ had said that Murray could have missed most of the season. So he could be out even longer than, uh, you know, we're already thinking. I hope that's not true. Um, yeah. You know, another, uh, 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 as a fellow, you know, Kitchener basketball legend, you know, I want to show <laughs> my respects, my respects to Jamal Murray. But, uh, you know, it, he, again, he is an all-star caliber guard. Uh, he really pushes them over the level and everyone saw what he did in the bubble a couple of years ago. So he really can yeah. put this team over the, over the edge. And I mean, you already got the MVP and Jokic there. So, I mean, Fliegel, how, how do you feel about the Nuggets going into this year? Yeah. If uh, like, I, I think it was Zach Lowe uh, last year who's said over and over again, uh, he was close to pulling the trigger on saying it was probably the Nuggets uh, that were going to make it out of the West. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I agree sort of that, period after they traded for Aaron Gordon and were doing so well and Jokic was kind of unlocking everyone before Murray went down um, when they still had a healthy team I thought Mm -hmm. these guys could beat anyone in the west and uh, it's just a shame he's going to be out for for most of the season it looks like because I think with him in there um, I'd put him right up there to one of the top two three teams in the in the west um, that could go you know all the way through the west and possibly win it all yeah but Jamal Murray he he sort of means even more for this team than, um, you know, even his like raw skills um, taken away uh, sort of give you, if that makes sense. Like he yep. means so much that his loss is felt even more. Um, like he, he's, he hasn't proven himself yet, at least as like one of the top five point guards in the league sure. or anything like that. Like, I don't think he's quite at the superstar level. He's, he's nowhere near where his teammate um, Jokic is, which is one mm-hmm. of the, I would say probably five best players in the league. Um, Definitely an argument to be made. Especially with the caliber of season he had last year, but they, they're just not super. They don't have that many other options um, at point guard. Like they have mm-hmm. Monte Morris, who's one of the best backup point guards in the league, I would say. But as soon as you move him um, into that starting role, he he's, you know, he doesn't give you nearly as much production as Jamal Murray would. Sure. Um, You've got Austin Rivers who helped them in the playoffs last year and who I think they were wise to keep, uh, keep on this year. Yeah. Um, but where, where their strengths are, are more like on the, on the wing um, in terms of the scores they have to go along with Jokic because they have Porter Jr. And they have Aaron Gordon, who's not so much a scorer, but a guy who can do kind of be a Swiss army knife for, on the floor for you. He can defend multiple positions, athletic, can shoot from the corners a little bit. Um, so if you had Jamal Murray on this team, it would really kind of give you a killer at each kind of level at the point and the wings and then down low at, at, at the center position. And you can pl- you could plug guys in like Jamichael Green, um, Will Barton, should yep. hopefully get back on the floor this year. He's a veteran, a guy who can do a little bit of everything. Get buckets um, whenever you need it too. Will Barton's uh, always a good score. Yeah. And Jeff Green's a great pickup for them because yep. he played a lot of five in Brooklyn last year. And other than him and Jamichael Green a little bit, the Nuggets don't really have a true backup center to, Bo-bo. to, 
Bull bull to, time. Yeah, other, you got to give him some burn. Bull, but but you, you watch him play. He plays more like a guard. He's uh, oh yeah, he's yeah. Fearless out there dribbling the ball. But he's um, probably one hundred ninety-five yeah, well, pounds, seven two. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll see uh, if he can take a step and actually get some minutes during the season this year. You know, I hope so. But he's still twenty-one. He's still super yeah. raw. Well. Um, and uh, so, 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 yeah, but I'll kick it to you, Matt, but, but yeah, I, I just really wish Murray was here. For sure. And I mean, I didn't want to interrupt you, but you didn't even uh, mention that the Argentinian, uh, I think that's a great way to say it. Yeah. We're going to Campazzo, the freaking Argentinian killer, the Argentinian TJ McConnell is pretty much what he is to me. Uh, I mean, yeah, solid guy to have on the team as well as to give them a little bit of uh, guard depth. And I mean, he did step yeah. up and he, he played, uh, he had some pretty good moments in Denver. I mean, he's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be blowing anyone out of the water, obviously, but he's definitely at least serviceable. Play some hard defense and you know play make for the other guys in his uh, on his team on his line. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we, I, I think that you know you made a lot of good points there. And right now, the the one thing that the Nuggets have going for them is that Jokic is such a fantastic facilitator, scorer, rebounder, pretty much everything you could want from a player. He can kind of yeah. do that for his team. And when he's on the court, he's always going to make his team better. So even when they lose the second best player on their team, they're still going to be in a good chance, you know, still win some games. I mean, I, I don't really see them be like there for this season. I'm sure they're going to have a couple tough losses. I think that without Murray, they definitely drop a little bit in the standings. Uh, yeah. Probably miss the, I don't think they'll, they'll have to be in the play in tournament. Like I could see them around like a five or six seed. Uh, yeah. But even then, I mean, for a team that's uh, had so much success over the past couple of years and have, uh, you know, really given some of these contending teams runs for their money, uh, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why these guys couldn't go out there and feel the great teams. You saw what happened when they played the Suns last year in the playoffs without Murray. Absolutely dismantled. They had no no way to make up for the the buckets that were being dropped on them without one of their essentially their top go-to scores sitting out. Yep. Uh, so it's going to be finding those pe- those new pieces and the, the missing piece of the puzzle, I guess, is what I'm trying to say to put them mm-hmm. over the level to get to that title contention. But I think in my opinion, this is a guy that I really do like, and I just mentioned him earlier, Michael Porter Jr. They're going to be expecting a lot of output from this guy. Uh, and yep. he's shown that he can be an elite two-way player, at least in my opinion. I, I think he's demonstrated it. I mean, he's 6'10", he's athletic, really good-looking, handsome guy. Uh, I mean, he could definitely build around a, a base like Michael Porter Jr., man. <laughs> uh, like, he's, he's got to be – I, I, we, we didn't even mention, like, you know, we were talking with Kelly Oubre in the other podcast. Like, there's definitely the argument that he might be the ha- most handsome man in the, uh, the NBA, even when Kelly Oubre is going to be wearing those nice uh, – the teal jerseys, his eyes are really going to pop. Hey, Sir, Serge Ibaka also exists, remember? True. He is a very good-looking man. I mean, it's because lab. of his style. It elevates him even more. Maybe we should put together an all-handsome team. We can yeah, draft our, the players we think are the most handsome. <laughs> uh, Chuck Hayes, first overall pick. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, we get back on track there. But, uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr., yeah, he has a great shooting stroke. He's able to go out there, get buckets on the inside. The only thing right now is he just doesn't seem to, you know, have his killer mindset, which is something, you know, you've talked about in the past with some players. I don't find he has that. Uh, I think he has all the tools to be successful, but I think he just right now is struggling to find a way to put that together. He's still young. Uh, I think he's only about 22, 23 because he got drafted fairly young. So uh, I'm excited to see the future for him, especially now he's long-term in Denver. I think he actually works really well with Jokic and uh, Murray. So, I mean, what are your thoughts with MPJ right now going into this year? Yeah, well, I just heard on, uh, I listen to so many goddamn basketball podcasts, so I can't tell you exactly which one, but I heard somebody say, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of, or it, it can be, as long as Murray comes back 
um, you know, at some point down the line, if it's later this year, even next season, it can, mm-hmm. can be used as a blessing in disguise that Murray's out because it is going to put um, all the scoring wing pressure on Michael sure. Porter Jr. And if the Nuggets are going to actually win a title in a few years, Michael Porter Jr. has to be the second best player on sure. the team. And Jamal Murray has to be, even if he stays where, where he was as maybe, maybe not bubble Murray. Cause I don't know how, how. Uh, that was another you know, level. Yeah. I don't know how, it, or if you can recreate that uh, yeah. realistically, but as like a, you know, 20 to 25 point per game guy, Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. if Michael Porter Jr. Can get up there a little bit, um, you know, a little bit higher than that, um, get his rebounds and assists up a little bit and actually turn into the, you know, fulfill his potential. Cause he, as you said, he has the body for it. Like yep. a six ten guy who can shoot like that, who at times seems fearless um, and can score from all levels on the court. Like he's yep. exactly the type of modern player you want, and especially the type of player you want playing next to Jokic. Mm-hmm. You just got to put all the pieces together. So if he can take that step next year, it looks even, or this coming year, it looks even brighter for the Nuggets going forward. If you can get Murray back um, and he can kind of, you know, he, he, he won't have as much pressure on him to take the tough shots at the end of the shot clock to for sure sort of hoist ill-advised shots. And he can, um, you know, fall into a more comfortable role as the sort of 2B next to Porter's 2A sort of after, gotcha. after you yep. pitch. Like, I, I think these guys can, uh, I think these guys can w- win a championship if, if that scenario plays out. But, you know, as of right now, Michael Porter Jr. is kind of scratching that scratching that surface mm-hmm. he's not quite there yet he's got consistency issues and he's sort of uh you know mike malone you can tell gets frustrated with him a lot of the time especially yeah. on deep defense i think um he's yeah a, a kind of a guy who's got a lot of growth uh that needs to happen in that department but mm-hmm. um like i said perfect guy to have around Jokic, and uh i i would have paid him too so i'm i'm i think it's smart that they did and yeah, he's he's one of a, the handful of young players in the league where you, you look at him and say he can he can be a, a star in the league if he puts it all together. One hundred percent. I think and I think that price tag. Some of that's based on potential. Sometimes you don't pay a guy oh, yeah. what he's worth yeah. now. You pay him what you think he could be worth, and maybe even less. And then when he is yeah. a superstar or something, then you know you got him on a good team friendly deal. Uh, yeah. I mean, not that that was a team friendly. That was that was the max. But yeah, max for now could be worth yeah. two three years down the line. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the Nuggets are going to be interesting to see, man. Uh, again, I agree though. Like, I think that they could, you know, definitely with a fully healthy squad within the next year or so, really compete. I mean, again, they weren't that far off when they played the eventual champion Lakers in the bubble that year. Yep, so yep. I mean, we'll see. I mean, with a healthy Murray, this this current roster is probably better than that team that they fielded that year. So yep, we'll we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, but I mean, I think that we're probably good to you know rock it down over to Minnesota now. Uh, the Timberwolves, uh, former home of Andrew Wiggins, uh, if anybody remembers, uh, yeah, the Timberwolves again, not a great year last year as it has been, uh, for Minnesota fans ever since KG left, there was that one little glimmer of hope when they got Butler and then everyone knows what happened after that, uh, didn't have anybody in the draft this year. They signed Nathan Knight and McKinley Wright, the fourth, of course, uh, yeah, they, they were not the third and definitely not the fifth, not yet. Uh, and they traded and acquired Torian Prince and Patrick Beverly uh, in uh, free agency. And then they lost. Big dog. Ricky. Patrick yep. Beverly, a big dog. Big dog, big dog. Uh, they traded Ricky Rubio over to the Cavs. That was their only player lost. I mean, pretty much bringing back the same team. They got some young scores. They've got some young guys. I mean, uh, 
you know, when you have the team of D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, uh, you know, you got the McDaniels kid, you got Carl Anthony Towns, uh, like you have a lot of good pieces, but it just never seems to work in Minnesota. They always build up these young futures. They always kind of, you know, you see all these guys that, you know, show them maybe they could be stars or an all-star or it's just a decent player. But, and then it's like, oh, and they lose by 35 points. It's like, what is going on yeah. in Minnesota? What's it going to take to break this cycle? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't even know at this point. Cause again, Carl Anthony Towns is, I, I'm going to actually say it is wasting his time. He's wasting his career. He's a top three center in the league, top four, like for sure. Uh, depending on, you know, your cup of tea, if you know, you take go bear over towns, but yeah. Like he shouldn't, he shouldn't have to feel any loyalty to them. They've done really nothing. I mean, they, they tried trading for D'Lo, but like that, that didn't work out at all. Like, I don't know if D'Lo is the piece there. Like Jordan, do you have any idea how these guys can, you know, break this streak and, you know, get out of this funk? I don't know, man. I took a look at their roster just before we came on and I wrote, they're just not good. Like I, yeah. I, I was really looking for some, some hope in here. The problem with them is they still have no one who, can or wants to play any sort of defense like Patrick yep. Beverly might actually be uh, a smart pickup for them even though I would not be uh, you know I would not be jumping to to sign Pat Bev at 33 um I who's gonna be uh, he's gonna be a mouthpiece too to the guys in the locker room and they're not gonna respect him well chance. exactly I mean yeah <laughs> pa- Patrick uh Jimmy already tried that in Minnesota so don't yeah. don't even go there uh you'll be shipped out probably but um yeah, well, it was him and know. Wiggins, man, so. Yeah, <laughs> like, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, yeah, one of the most skilled big men uh, we've ever seen, especially as a shooter, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but, again, not a guy who can has any idea of how to anchor a defense. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell plays zero defense at the point guard position, mm-hmm. so all of their, um, you know, all of their uh, sort of output and skill that they bring on the offensive end is really, really kind of, does not contribute as much as it should to your team actually winning, which is a big problem for them. And Anthony Edwards, I'm just not a believer that he's anywhere near uh, the point of a difference maker. Like he maybe last year, he put up some interesting good, good scoring games. And I think um, he's going to have uh, overall a successful career if he can kind mm-hmm. of learn and grow into um his body because he's an athletic freak and oh yeah still so young and you can tell he has scoring instincts that i really like but he's still just uh he's still just a young guy who's gonna yeah yeah, maybe puts points on the board but that's really not what they need honestly um they need kind of grown-ups in minnesota who can bring these young guys along and and like like you mentioned before they they kind of tried that out before d'angelo russell got there but with Carl Anthony Towns having Jimmy Butler around him and it, it just didn't really, didn't really work. And uh, you know, they have some intriguing guys. I, I uh, even though he's not that young, I, I like Jake Lehman. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I've always liked Ed Davis as well, although he's kind of, you know, the amount of teams he's been on that kind of gives you an idea that he's, you know, he te- teams like him enough to pick him up, but yeah. not enough to hold on to him. Hey, um, and was, I, was it not Jake Lehman that yammed on Giannis last year? I think it was. I'm pretty sure he did. They were getting blown up like 40, but still. Sorry to cut you off. I just was like, I I heard the name, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he did. (laughs) Like, I think he he caught that joint back and banged on him. (laughs) He's, yeah, he kind of, yeah, does a little bit of everything for you on the floor. But again, just just a role player looking for an actual role on a winning team. But this this doesn't seem to be it. And uh, 
the other I, I like Malik Beasley as well, um, mm-hmm. who's at least, you know, a, a slightly more competent, competent defender and a good shooter. Um, sure. But um, yeah, I, I, th- this team kind of baffles me, though, too. I don't know exactly what they can do to to uh, really take that next step, because, um, you know, you, you logically, especially with the strengths of the West and other teams around them, you'd say you just aim for the lottery, keep doing that. But but like you said, it's uh, it's kind of the clock is ticking for Carl Anthony Towns. You, you kind of want to build a team around him right now that can get him to a place where um you know they can actually win he's already mm-hmm. 25 um which uh which it's it's not it's not 27 or 28 but but you you know you'd think or you would have thought by this point in his career in his career he was he'd be in the playoffs and getting some experience there but yeah i don't know what to say man i don't know where they go from here well that's the thing that's like uh, again yeah he's only 25 but when you're the number one overall pick you would expect to have more than one playoff appearance. And in that yep. playoff appearance, I believe they lost in five to the Rockets. I believe they got yeah. one win, uh, like early on, like game two or three. Uh, yeah. And it was like a gritty, grinded out kind of win. Uh, yeah. But again, yeah, T- Towns, yeah, he can't afford to waste it. And I think, again, you know, when the problem with Malik Beasley and Edwards, you know, you were saying none, neither one of them are really any, anything great on defense. And they're both only about 6'3 or 6'4". Uh, yeah. So rolling one of them out as a small four just is not going to work, especially again, yeah. like you're playing your, in your own division, you're going to be playing these big small forwards like Bojan Bogdanovich, uh, Michael Porter Jr. We were just talking about, uh, I mean, uh, Pukashevsky from uh, the Thunder. Yeah. I mean, even I'm not Norman saying these... pa- even Norman Powell, I think could body some of these guys. Like, Oh, like, for sure. And, and Robert Covington on the, when, yep. when we get to Portland eventually, like, yeah, it's, I think you're right. Right. on. So they, they just, they don't have the size to match. Even if they were decent defenders, it just doesn't work right now. Cause again, you get posted up. There's only so much defense you can play if a guy can hook shot right over you. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's going to be something uh, I, I, I kind of touched upon briefly and I just want to get this out. This is, I, I, I'm going to call this my rant. I'm going to call it like a mini rant, uh, not yet. but just not yet. I have another one in mind, but this one just kind of stirred up in me because it does piss me off. Uh, mini like, rant. D'Lo is not the answer. D'Lo oh. is not the answer. People still, because again, he was a number two overall pick. If someone's drafted in the top five, people will cling to that. And they'll be like, oh, he has, he has so much potential. No, he's done. D'Lo People is never going to that, says, w- says Mr. Wiggins Island over there. Yeah, and Wiggins is one of the all-time best players. Uh, <laughs> but, no, for real, man, don't don't kid around right now. Uh, <laughs> D'Lo needs to show something. Like, what has he really shown? The, his high, his, the biggest highlight in his whole career was his rookie year, ice in my veins. It's been downhill. It literally has. Like, you know, well, no one can tell me that. He had the, the Brooklyn all-star year. season in Brooklyn, which, again uh, – it's easy to make an all-star appearance in the East. Uh, I'll just leave it there. Though. <laughs> and that, and that, that year was, that was a weird year too, though, because he got traded to Brooklyn with pretty much no expectations from the yeah. Warriors after, or no, I guess that was the other way around. Pardon me. Uh, that was beforehand, but yeah, then he went to the yeah. Warriors was horrible. I mean, I don't know why they thought that was going to work anyways. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And then they go send him to the Timberwolves and like another, another bad move for the Timberwolves, just picking him up in general. Cause again, yeah. one of the biggest reasons they do it. And I hate when, teams do it because it's better if, if if players will organize it themselves free agency that's their own prerogative i yeah. hate it when teams trade just to make like like oh i got your butts buddy because carly uh, towns they were trying to get devin booker they wanted to make a big three and it's like there's no way that's gonna happen now no they got no. the wrong guy maybe if they got booker there this would be a sweet looking team they'd still have horrible defense and all just all offense but yeah. uh you know as you were saying you know 
what can help them. You don't know what's going to help them. Uh, one of the things that's been stirred around and talked about right now, uh, and again, it's one of the biggest still news stories kind of developing as he keeps sitting out and he's losing like something crazy, like $3 million a game or $8 million a game he's going to be losing. Uh, yeah. Ben Simmons, uh, he's been linked to uh, the Timberwolves, and I would assume it would have to be some kind of a, a D-low-centered package, maybe Beasley. I don't think Anthony Edwards would be the one to go in that. Uh, and, I mean, a Simmons. Yeah, I don't think so. A Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, and Edwards big three may, maybe could work. Better than this. Hell of a lot oh, yeah. better than this right now. Well, then at least I, you have I a confident defender. Well, exactly. And then, and then um, you know, Edwards could – I think it would unlock him a little bit, having mm-hmm. a guy next to him who can play a little perimeter D, um, and he can just go out there and, you know, they can give him the ball and say, okay, go get us 30. Um they would still need to fill in around that, but mm-hmm. but I would definitely like that uh, better than what they've got now. Almost yeah. anything, I'd take almost anything over over what they have now. Yeah, um, I think and, so. And it it just does come down to the fact that Carl uh, Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell that that's not the point guard center combo you need. Like give give one of those guys uh, mm-hmm. uh, the the. Uh, the sort of pair, uh, you know, the the guy next to them who can actually play defense, like put D'Angelo yeah. Russell with uh, any other sort of defensive-minded center, I think you'll have a better team, and vice versa with Carl Anthony Towns. Get a get a guy in there who can defend a little bit, and, uh, you know, you can go forward from there. But right now, this is just not how you want to try and build a winning team in, in 2021. It's just, it's just not. For sure. And when, as we end off here with Minnesota, uh, I will give, if there's any Timberwolves fans listening right now, I'll, I'll give you young pups uh, just a little bit of something to you know hang your hat on, a little excuse. I'm good at excuses, so here's a good one. Um, they had a lot of injuries. D'Lo and Cat really haven't played that much together. Uh, there's there's your excuse. Uh, they're still developing chemistry. Give them a couple years. Uh, a couple but, years, you know, yeah. Yeah, give them a couple years. Uh, but we're going to move on now uh, over to uh, the OK see thunder uh home of lou dort everybody's favorite dort uh Ooh. in uh in the off season they uh they had a great pick with josh giddy who uh, i'm actually not sure if he's still gonna be missing time i'm not sure if that's been updated uh but he uh did hurt himself like on a dunk he dunked and then like right away got hurt in his first summer league game uh so giddy I, yeah he did giddy josh giddy oh yeah okay okay yeah i didn't, uh, I didn't see that but the aussie wonder as the, we're going to start calling them. Uh, they also drafted Trey Mann, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, pardon me, uh, and also Aaron Wiggins, number 55, uh, and uh, the re-signing uh, Mike Muscala in the offseason, as well as uh, SGA, Shai Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, then they also traded to acquire the big man from Utah, Derek Favors. Uh, they traded away Al Horford, not a surprise. He uh, sat on the bench all year for them. Uh, Moses Brown went to the Mavericks. Uh, and then technically, you know, they released Kemba Walker after they had traded for him uh, from the Celtics. Uh, and then they also let Tony Bradley go as uh, he's now gone to the Bulls, who I believe they also acquired uh, in a, uh, the trade for Derek Favors. Um, so, I mean, when you look at them right now, Jordan, it's all Shy Gilgis Alexander and just a lot of young guys. And they're kind of trying to wean them out and see, you know, who's going to be someone we can set next to this guy for the next yeah. you know, five years, six years they're going to hope for. Because, uh, I mean, SGA has proven that he is an all-star rally player. Um, I, I'm just going to lead off with this is my rant. I'm sorry I don't have as much energy. Again, uh, was, here we go. My, my voice is actually shot. I'm not uh, – I wasn't playing that up. Uh, but uh, SGA should not be traded. I don't know what these rumors going around are. 
what is like everything he does is winning for them. He's an exceptional defender. People don't like to talk about his defense. His defense is actually pretty solid. He's wiry. Yeah. I get that he can't, he gets bodied up sometimes, but he does, he gives effort. He plays hard. He's developing a really solid outside shot. He's one of the best playmakers in the NBA, for God's sakes. I mean, when you have a guy like that that can pretty much run point guard, shooting guard, small forward, and control the pace of a game, why would you want to move that? Look at the Clippers right now. They're suffering. They let this guy go for play- playoff P, pandemic P. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you got to give this guy a chance to lead your team. I mean, you saw what happened when you gave him Chris Paul, and they went and they almost beat the Rockets. I mean, this is a team that really could do something. It could make some noise if you just give him a couple more pieces. I honestly thought I was like, hey, if he plays with Kemba, this could be like kind of like the Chris Paul situation. Obviously, Kemba wasn't at Chris Paul's level and never has been. Uh, yeah. But SGA is just getting better. Uh, and before his injury, you know, he was playing at an all-star level and he was kind of getting some nods. So, uh, you know, I don't know how you're feeling about SGA. I don't know if you're bought in like I am. And again, I'm not biased towards all Canadian uh, players for the <laughs> record. Like, uh, you know, I don't think Kelly Olynyk's going to ever be good, uh, except for that one game in Boston, the Kelly Olynyk game. Uh, but I do, I do find that SGA is going to be one of like the top five point guards when, when like at the end of uh, you know his career, like at some point in his career, he'll be in that top, that conversation for sure. Yeah, I love it, SGA. Like we're you're looking at the the Thunder um, and other teams that are kind of in a deep tank, and there's always the talk about oh look at our war chest, look at our assets, look at our picks, look at our whatever, right? It doesn't fucking matter unless you mm. actually hit on the pick yeah. and you yeah. have a player worth building around. So it, it doesn't matter what sort of assets you can get for a good player. You keep pushing it down the line. You, you actually have to, you know, bite down and, and when you have a player that is, is good and worth building around, keep them and, uh, you know, do your best to put winning players around them. Yeah. Shai Gilders Alexander is a stud and he's only 23. He's six, six. Uh, he can do it all offensively. And like you were saying on defense, he competes mm-hmm. and uh, he's, he's done all this. He's impressed so many people on OKC, which his whole time since he was there, it was only a few short seasons ago since he came over from the Clippers. Yep. Um, he's done this on a pretty subpar team other than the one year with Chris Paul. Um, he, the, the trio, him, Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder uh, actually, went out there and were, were, mm-hmm. were beating some of the best teams in the league. They had one of the best uh, net ratings in crunch time. They would, if you were in a close game with the Thunder that year, watch out. They were one of, one of those three-headed monsters were going to, uh, you know, hit a mid-range shot that was just going to break your back. And uh, he, he learned a lot from that year. He, he, he kind of has already pro- proven that he can, you can count on him out there um, on a team that's, you know, competitive. And so, hell yeah, you build around him. And uh you use your thousands of picks, however you yeah. want to do it, to uh, to put the right players around them or around him. And uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even consider trading him. Well, um, and and I mean, you've got a few other promising guys. Uh, yep. Dort, I love. Uh, obviously, another Canadian Canadian boy, uh, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And uh, I can't wait till we get to talk about Poku, but I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait a second for him. Um, I, I would like first uh, to know what you think of Josh Giddy. I'm not going to give you any hint of what I think, but can, can you tell me your thoughts on, on Mr. Giddy from down under? I think he's kind of like an, like an Australian version of, of Shy or Shay. Uh, you know, I, okay. actually, I actually don't even know if that, which, which one it is anymore. Everybody says something different. Yeah, 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 so SGA. Uh, but yeah, I find he's a, kind of an Australian version of him. 
He's a really tall, long point guard. Definitely, he's he's raw. He needs some help, like uh, yeah. he's, uh, on defense, especially. Uh, you know, on on the tape that I've uh, I've crunched on this guy, uh, 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 he he's pretty much a pylon. But he's yeah. got good length. You can always teach defense. I mean, it's a lot of heart. You got to have have the passion for it. And it seems like this guy's a fiery player, uh, like most Aussies are, like the the, uh, the Australian legend Della Vadova. Uh, maybe he can help him out or something. Uh, but you know, he's got a good shooting stroke. Really great uh, playmaker. I think him and Shy, you know, uh, potentially down the line, they've got some of these other guys. Like you're talking about Poku. Uh, you know, the it, they they could put out some crazy like starting five that would all be like six six and taller. Yeah. At some point, they can all like dribble and move. Like they have Kendrick Williams. I think uh, he's about six six or six five. He's a pretty big boy. Uh, so I mean, I I I'm definitely not mad at the pick. I think it was a reach, but I think that he could be good along with SGA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I because I, I I just get sort of a big difference of opinion uh, on this guy. I think it's because he's so he is so skinny. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, so raw looking in some respects but i do from what i've seen i do like his feel for the game his ability to pass it and uh he's got a good looking shot which is kind of the that's the baseline you want and then you hope uh, at least uh, i hope he can put on some muscle and actually get a, a, a an nba body that could do a little bit of defending and for sure you know, not take such a I, I, like i'm sure this whole first year when he does get on the court he's he's gonna have a kind of a rude awakening. He's going to be really punished yeah, um, yeah. by, by guys who are his size, but have, you know, 20 to 50 pounds on him. But uh, sure. I do agree. I like, I like his potential. I think it's just going to take a lot of time with him. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it did seem kind of like a, a, a bit of a reach at, at six. Like I think there were some other players on the board um, you could have paired with, with SGA that mm-hmm. would, would maybe have worked been more of a sure thing. Oh but, yeah, but we'll sure. see. We'll see down the line with this guy. But well, and uh, I mean, they they've got a lot of guys that you know. They you can tell the Thunder are drafting for potential. Like they don't want guys yeah. who are going to be good right away. Like I mean, Teo Maladon was pretty much irrelevant last season, but you know he's still super young. But again, he's very raw. But they've seen yeah. the potential in him. Uh, Trey yeah. Mann was a a good pick. I thought he proved a lot uh, in his college days. So I think that uh, you know that was actually probably one of the safer picks they have. Uh, but like then again, like you get these guys. They have, uh, I mean, Darius Baisley. That like he's still yep. super young, but he really hasn't shown anything. I mean, other than he's like a skinny stretch four. There's a guy yep. who needs to go and eat the cheeseburger. Like, come on, man, make it a double. <laughs> throw some bacon on it, some fried jalapenos. I'm starving right now. I would kill for that burger if it was right here in front of me. I would eat it. I wouldn't say another word. There's gotta uh, be. There's. I'm sure there's good barbecue in Oklahoma. But. Oh, get, get a few of these guys, put sure. them on a bus, take them to a restaurant, and just say, shut this place down. Yeah, uh, and, and but yeah, and it, it seems like this is almost the direction they're going with some of their small forwards, power forwards, though, too, with, uh, you know, these just skinny stretch guys. Like, I mean, uh, Isaiah Roby, not uh, the, the greatest shooter in the world, but another, like, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, kind of power forward. I believe he, maybe he's taller than that. I might be, I might be wrong on that. Oh, he's 6'8". 6'8", uh, uh, here it says. Yeah, yeah, so he's, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's not a prototypical big uh, that you can run with, but again, uh, he just needs to, you know, add some muscle. He can get there. Uh, they actually uh, also, you know, they got Paul Watson. He can play even some three and some four. He's only six, six. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. see what he does. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, he showed glimpses as well. So they, they've got a lot of these guys that, you know, just need more time. The only thing is they, you can only have so much time, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. what I'm getting worried is they have all these picks, 
that they're just gonna they're never gonna quite have the courage to pull the trigger and really take the next step and break the glass ceiling and break the mold and become the Oklahoma Fighting City Thunder. But right now it looks like they're just kind of sitting back and playing this as smart and as cool and as possible. They're fine to win 10 games and yep. keep these picks going crazy. They'll probably yep. pretty much like to like, ah, just take it easy, guys. But we play the Clippers. Let's let's get a dub. So yeah. uh, I mean it's it's if you're an OKC fan, there's not going to be a ton for you to want to watch this year. That's my opinion. Unless you just Except mean, for Poku. Yeah, okay, here. I'll give you your Poku time. Give, you, give me your uh, take on Poku. I don't think we've ever talked about him, even off camera. No, no, we haven't. Because uh, I, I kind of resisted. I, I heard his name. His name floated around me. I heard, uh, like, because uh, I, I, I didn't watch much OKC last year. Sure. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people did. But, uh, yeah, I'm hearing this kid's name. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then a little while back, I, I go and type his name into YouTube and finally see see what everyone's talking about. And holy shit. Uh, <laughs> first of all, he doesn't look like he's actually seven feet. I don't know what this phenomenon is. like he when Because he, he plays a lot out around the three-point line. And I'm like uh, looking at him and he doesn't look like seven like a seven-footer. But yeah, he is. Uh, maybe the part of yeah. the problem is he is 190 fucking pounds. One of the skinniest seven-footers ever yeah probably uh off the top of my head but uh this guy can uh, shoot off the dribble and he can cross make cross over uh you know small forwards and, and get to the rim and make mm-hmm. like wrap around one hand passes yep. another guy like giddy who if he's got any shot of uh being a real difference maker has got to put on you know 20 pounds of muscle or more um but you know we'll we'll see if he can do that but for just looking at his his skill set and his instincts and uh what he can do at that size uh i'm i'm definitely a a a poku believer and i think him and uh sga if they can get a little bit of chemistry going um and he can find a way to use his size a little bit more Mm -hmm. um uh i think i think that might be a guy one of the guys around sga that you can say okay we're gonna this is this is of our war chest of picks of our young players that we're kind of experimenting we're gonna center in around this guy really uh try and develop him and let these guys grow together Uh, of all the players they have right now i think he's the guy him and dort um are kind of the surefire guys i would say you want going forward and the rest the rest are the experiments that you're you're still working on you're still you know know, fleshing out seeing what they're going to be like I would agree with that take. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll be like the Serbian uh, Kevin Durant. Hell yeah. He's got the, he, yeah. the, obviously he's got the same guy who measures him, measuring him. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah well, uh, hey, he's 19. He could have a growth spurt. He could be true. Seven foot five. five in uh, <laughs> a couple years. You don't know. True. Uh, I mean, uh, I also, well, before we end off here, I mean, I would say that, to, you know, Pokey's probably got to be like all NBA next. That yeah. guy's got a long gawker on him, man. Like he yeah. can do, like he he's got a real chicken neck, which I, I like. I love to see everybody. I, I think that sports are great when people have these weird, abnormally large like necks. Uh, just it just looks great. Uh, and then who knows? Maybe that, that lets him see above the defense just that much more. Gives him that extra yeah. inch that he needs to make that pass, oh, yeah. make that read, get the shot up. Uh, <laughs> but you know, as we move on. Uh, his shoulder, his shoulder is actually at six feet. It's a, it's a foot. Yeah, from the <laughs> yeah. to the top of the head. Yeah, Pro- honestly, that wouldn't even surprise me. Like you can tell me that it's back. <laughs> I'll believe it. Uh, so uh, as we move on now uh, to the Portland Trailblazers, uh, they've really been uh, talked about a lot this uh, NBA offseason. Uh, they acquired Greg Brown in the draft. Uh, some people consider that a good sleeper pick. There, uh, I'm one of those people mm-hmm. uh, I included. 
Uh, they acquired Cody Zeller, uh, re-signed Norman Powell, uh, signed Tony Snell and Ben McElmore, and they traded for Larry Nance Jr. Uh, they uh, reportedly have lost uh, Derek Jones Jr., Zach Collins, Ennis Canner, and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Jordan, this is not the offseason Blazers fans were hoping for, uh, especially with all of the, uh, the, the Dame trade talks and, uh, you know, uh, he's not happy and they want to build a team around him. And it's just a lot of who said what. A lot of conflicting reports. Dame says, you know, uh, I, I never said this, but, you know, he's, he's obviously not happy because, again, getting, uh, getting swept never – or did they – was it a sweep or was it a seven game? Uh, it was, it was, I, I seven, one I think of the it was seven. Yeah. No, no, I think, no, it was six. I believe it was six because everyone thought it was going to go seven because they yeah. were such evenly matched teams. And I think it was six in the end, but, but let's, let's take the time to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll check that really quick guys. But I mean, even then the, uh, the, the trailblazers, they still didn't make the, the moves they needed to. Again, we've talked about how high we are on Damian Lillard before, uh, probably a top two point guard, if not top three, uh, and he's he's a beast, but we've discussed this before, and we just it, it doesn't seem like they the Portland management have been able to get the guys put around him to make him succeed and push them into a true contender. Because you know, there's only so much he can do. He can only drop 45 a night as like yeah. like it's one. Sometimes he's some. It's just not going to go for him, and yeah. uh, or sometimes teams might find a way to you know neutralize him. And it's uh it doesn't really help when CJ McCollum's your second best player and the guy has like no real space awareness on the court. And sometimes he has these really cold streaks and then sometimes CJ McCollum's a pistol though. Sometimes yep. that guy just goes out and sprays. So it's, it's really, it's hard cause they don't have a lot of consistency. Uh, I mean, uh, again, like another guy like Nurkic, like he, he, I think he's actually one of like the most slept on centers in the league, but he's again, same thing. A lot of inconsistencies, a lot of injuries for Nurkic. Uh, some major ones, especially, and it's it's just I I don't know what they're really thinking because again I obviously you know they're gonna say what they need to say make people say oh yeah we're competing we're doing this we're trying to bring Dame a championship but you can't just keep saying it and then never doing anything about it because Dame is just sitting there in no man's land the guy's getting older he doesn't have much time left yeah. he he deserves to keep competing for a championship and right now I'm looking at them and it's like he's gonna be playing in the bubble again. Yeah, and or the bubble. Sorry, <laughs> then the play-in. Sorry, the bubble, the play-in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, we're not in a bubble ever again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like their their biggest off-season move really was the the head coaching change, which was its own whole uh, debacle uh, with bringing in Chauncey Billups, getting rid of Terry Stotts, who's been there. I think, I think the whole time uh, that Dame has been there, they reportedly have, a, have always had a really good relationship. You know, mm -hmm. they're, um, I, I think by all accounts, Dame, Dame loved, uh, Terry and, uh, uh, with the, the Chauncey Billups hiring with his sort of, uh, past allegations of, of, uh, sexual assault, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, know the exact details, but, um, that was a whole mess. Um, and you know, a lot of, sort of internal strife in the organization which didn't just didn't help the Damian Lillard situ situation at all because it was yeah. already uh kind of on shaky legs you don't know uh as one of the most loyal guys in the NBA uh you know he can only take so much before he he says you know I'm, I'm 31 if I'm ever gonna have a chance to 
compete for a title. Uh, I might have to get out of here unless you guys are going to do something, uh, you know, drastic. And they went and they got like, Cody Zeller. They got they got <laughs> Cody. Uh, but, you know, exactly like you said, there was nothing drastic uh, really done. And Dame said it himself. Uh, you know, we don't have to make the stretch to, you know, think about how he feels. Uh, he, even he knows uh, it's not an offseason that's really going to change the outcome for the Blazers this year. Um, and I can only assume that the uh, Sixers were not going to accept uh, a trade centered around uh, CJ McCollum for uh, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Because um, actually, hold on, not one second. Annie, the ceiling's physically leaking. <laughs> Put a uh, thing. We got a we got nice. a leak in the ceiling uh, nice. in our uh, new place. No, this is good content live. Let's let, let's, but, let's dive into the leak. But it's uh, <laughs> I'll show it later. Just, is it at least just normal water? It is. It is. It's not like okay. uh, when we were playing basketball the other day. And, uh, Come on, Annie. Brown shit. Jordan's lovely girlfriend Annie is now. Uh, she's got tending a, to it. <laughs> got a bucket. <laughs> get a bucket but it's an mop. airbnb none of this is our stuff so um who knows if we'll leave this in this is uh <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll you know what right now guys we're gonna have a quick quick two second break and we'll be right back they initially said they, they had bikes they had bikes to like rent so when you come in a normal airbnb you can like rent it for a certain price sure yeah and they They've known the whole time how long we're staying. It's just for two months. And they were like, well, yeah. And if you want to rent the bikes for the full stay, it's 50 bucks per bike. Uh, and we were like, okay, that's, that's pretty good for two months. Not bad. Yeah. Um, and, but now they just were like, actually, and we were like, okay, yeah, we'll do the bike deal. And they were like, actually, it'll be a hundred bucks per bike. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Like, you like fuck you. Uh, like, yeah, like, you not with really this probably, leaky ceiling. Yeah. You guys are probably like their only business they've had in fucking forever too. Well, I know. I know. It's not like people are using I mean, Airbnb too often right now. Yeah, and I mean, we are getting, because of that and because we're staying so long, we're getting a good deal on this place. But they better come sure. fix this. Probably. Yeah, that's all right. So Anyway, okay, we can uh, resume. See, yeah. What we're was I saying? CJ. Oh, yeah. I was, CJ for yeah, yeah. Ben Simmons. Yeah, so, like, I'm assuming that the Blazers have had the balls to at least offer that because CJ's been in trade talks for years mm. and the Blazers have never pulled the trigger on it. Probably, you know, because I'm, I'm sure Dame likes playing with him. Um, in fact, I, I, I think I can say that as a fact. He, he's never come out publicly or given any, any sure. indication. He doesn't like playing with uh, CJ. But uh, that's always been the most logical move for them to get better, at least right away, is to mm-hmm. you know, trade that backcourt mate, get somebody in um, who can do some things that complement Dame a little bit more. Um, and I think Ben Simmons would be that guy um, but yeah, I'm assuming the Blazers have made that offer and Daryl Morey has said, no, uh, you know, not enough of a superstar for him. Um, for sure. So, so, you know, in that respect, fine, but there's gotta be some other options here for the yeah. Blazers. Uh, well, I, th- I think, the I, duo... I think CJ go on that. Oh, I was just going to say, I think the duo of Lillard and CJ, you know, it's, they peaked really early. They were the highest scoring yeah. backcourt one year and then they just went really downhill. Yeah, no, they're just, they just don't complement each other enough. I, I don't mm-hmm. think they're bad on defense, both of them. Um, and, 
you want someone, yeah, you know, Dame can take care of the scoring uh, in, in the backcourt. You, you yeah. don't need someone else there. You want to send that talent to, to the wing or to the power forward spot, something somewhere else, because uh, I think the best guy to put alongside Dame would be like a really tough three and D uh, two guard. I think that would be the best, mm -hmm. best for him. And you can get him at a, get someone like that at a cheaper price, even than, than CJ. Um, so I don't know, there's gotta be a package out there. Um, but they, they, they've got to they, they, they've got to do it because there's no one else there's no one else um, who's going to get as much value on the market uh, on this team right now. There's a few other guys that you know would fit around a Dame led team in theory, like Robert Covington. I, I like the pickup for them, but he's yep. not really shown. Um, you know, he has he's not his career isn't his arc isn't going up right now. Sure, it's yeah. anything going down or kind of flatlined. Mm -hmm. He showed a lot of promise back when he was in Philly and then in Minnesota. Um, and like you said, Nurkic is a great, great center. Um, and yeah, one of the most slept on guys in the league, but he, he hasn't been able to stay on the court the, mm -hmm. the past few years. He's had some serious injuries. So, um, I think CJ's the guy, I think they got to suck him up and suck, suck it up. And trade him. <laughs> We're sucking yeah. Up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree though. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, I, I've said it all before about CJ already, I feel. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I think you nailed all the points there. I mean, CJ is CJ. He, it's, he's a solid scorer. I think at this point in his career, honestly, he might be better off suited as like even, uh, you know, a six man. Just come off and get buckets for a team. Yeah. That would be a fantastic role, almost like a Lou Williams, because he could do yeah. that and be fine. Uh, I just, yeah, I think that they, they missed their mark. I think that when they had the, the they had taught again, we said like trade talks a couple of years ago when CJ McCollum was, you know, like an all-star conversation that people would really considered him to be like a, a up and coming guy. So yeah. I think they missed their chance to move him and get some value for him. And if they do it now, they're going to have to shell out some picks. And I don't even think they've got many of those lying around right now uh, yeah. or how valuable they would really be depending on where they'd be trading them to. Uh, so, I mean, like uh, maybe OKC is interested, but what are you going to get from there? That's going to help. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to say um, how, where the Trailblazers are going to move forward here. Because, again, the, the signings they made, uh, they were all not guards. Like, they have Anthony Simons as the, the backup still, and he's mm -hmm. proven that he's still super raw. I mean, he's got the dunk contest mantle now, but, I mean, what is that going to do for you? I mean, Norman Powell, again, same thing, playing a small forward at 6'3", it's just yeah. not going to work. Uh, I mean, again, he can get buckets and he plays bigger than his height, but I, and then yeah. they pit like Tony Snell. Like, I just don't know what they were thinking with this. Like, and they let Zach Collins go. I know that San Antonio gave him a big deal, but that was a mm -hmm. guy that they, they selected with the first round pick, uh, has shown that he, you know, he obviously had a lot of injuries uh, in the past uh, year and a half, but he's shown when he was healthy, you know, he could be a really solid player. And I thought that he would be good and to again, build, you, build with. And yeah, and yeah, they hold on to him all mm -hmm. this time, right up until you think he might be ready to get on the court. And then you just send, you, you, you let him walk away. It's uh, strange. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really doubtful for, for the, for the, the trailblazers future. Uh, I mean, I actually don't know how many years Dame even has left on his contract. I think it's, it's got, it's definitely more than one year. I think it's about two or three. Because he uh, signed the Supermax, right? Yeah, yeah. 200 so million. I, I, I could be wrong on that. But again, and that's the thing. When you have a guy on a Supermax, it's almost impossible to trade him. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, Jordan. I, and I like the Trailblazers. I really do. Uh, I yeah. mean, like, I, I like Dame a lot. Like, they've had some iconic playoff moments, mostly thanks to him. But again, like, yeah. you look at where they are now. And even when Dame was a rookie and they had the LaMarcus Aldridge, Nicholas Batum, Wesley Matthews. 
like this te- this team now would get smoked by those guys. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's it's just you should never be moving backwards if you're still competing for the exact same thing. Like it's not yeah. like they just decided one year to tank. Yeah. Maybe that's what no. they need. Maybe they need just to say they just give it up, man. Like yeah, you got Dame. <laughs> yeah. Like look, well look at the Warriors. They they did it. They tanked. Yeah. They yeah. like they yeah. Curry Curry uh, had that year. They got Wiseman. I mean, we'll see how that goes. You know, we'll be talking about the Warriors soon enough, I'm sure. But yeah. uh, it's it's just one of those things that they you got to really look deep into your team and think you know. Don't just keep lying to yourself because you have an all NBA like caliber guy like Lillard that, yeah, we're going to compete. You can say it all you want, man, but Larry Nance Jr. is not getting you a chip. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, uh, although I do, I do like him for them in mm-hmm. the, uh, in, in these circumstances. I, yeah. I, I totally sure. agree. He's not getting you a chip, but uh, I think an upgrade over Derek Jones, but, but that's a small aside. I mean, um, I'm just trying to, you know, it, it, it is tough because there's not a lot of players available out there right now or available mm-hmm. as far as we know who you can swap CJ for who would make this team markedly better. Like yep. uh, someone, you know, someone who, who might be unhappy down the road and uh, their team might be looking to get rid of someone like Chris Stapps. But I, I don't know if the, the Mavs would would want a McCollum um, – centered package Luka, for Crips at, yeah. Chris Stapps. Like, I, I don't know how good Luca and McCollum would work. Um, the yeah, players like Marvin, Marvin Bagley, you know, you don't know his, what his future is like going to be like in Sacramento, if they're going to hold on to him, but yeah. does, he, does the, he make the Blazers that much better? I don't know. And, and, and the Kings do, already already have so many guards. Yeah. They're now. trying to get rid of their guard depth. So like, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I, I think, I think you're right. They, they should have had a little bit more balls and traded yeah. McCollum when he had more value a few years ago, but uh, you know, you hold on sometimes. Cause I've seen the Raptors do this so many times. Sometimes yeah, you fall in yeah. love with the team sentimentally. Mm-hmm. You're like, I love this guy. I'm not giving him up. Like, like a, that's what like I felt a, about Valanchunas for years. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't want to give this guy up. <laughs> Even someone like fucking Terrence Ross. I was like, well, do you want to give up T Ross? But yeah, you, it, when you know when you know in your heart it's the right thing to do, even though you love a guy, uh, it works out more often than not. You know, you kind of you know when a guy's value is going to be at its highest, mm-hmm. and you know where his ceiling is for for how far he can take you, as much as you may like him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't think they were brave enough. I think they were uh, run, running this a bit too much like a mon pa organization, and that's not really yeah. that doesn't get you championships, especially when you're a small market. And, uh, you know, that's also really just good relationship advice. So if anyone's listening here and they're yeah. starting to have doubts with their significant others, you know, this is Get the sign. Now. Dump their ass. Kick them to the curb. Yeah. You're better than that. You don't need them. Yeah. You're a star. No. You're you're the king. Or you're Dame Lillard. Yeah, you're Damian Lillard. Go get yourself a ring. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good one, you know, double entendre, you know, like a wedding yeah. ring, championship ring. All right, we're, we're getting it here, big dog ball talk. Uh, well, though. But – Sorry about the sticky situation you got there, but Blazers fan sucks to be you. Uh, we're going to move on now to the Utah Jazz, who uh, were the league leaders last year uh, as far as the regular standings went. Uh, in the offseason, they drafted Jared Butler with a 40th overall pick, re-signed Mike Conley coming off his first all-star appearance, uh, signed Hassan Whiteside, a former 2K GOAT, uh, as well as Rudy Gay, who uh, recently uh, we found out was the 2K GOAT for a certain all-star teammate of his. Uh, they also traded for Eric Pascal. Uh, they lost Derek Favors in the offseason, as well as Georges Niang. Uh, Jordan, I mean, the Utah Jazz, uh, 
we're looking at another team that's still a contender, in my opinion. I still think they've got what it takes to, you know, make a run in the, the West. I think they're a top three team in the West as it stands right now. Uh, again, Donovan Mitchell is one of my favorite players in the league. He's kind of pretty much like getting Dwayne Wade, right? When Dwayne Wade was starting to be like, you know, go downhill and, you know, start to retire, get his retirement tour going. Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell comes out of nowhere. He's scoring 50 points in playoff games. He's dunking it like Spider-Man, like, you know, Spider. Like he's, he's doing all these insane things. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I love the, the jazz, honestly. A lot of people think they're boring and whatnot, but I mean, Gobert is, he's a beast down low. I mean, he's gotten some stupid stuff in the past. Uh, he started I mean, all this, you know? Yeah, this exactly. Whole, this, this whole, whole pandemic. Mess. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. He didn't Pace. rub that tape recorder. Yeah. Patient zero. I would, I'd still be at work. I'd, <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd be on that. We'd be traveling all over the world. No masks, yeah. nothing. Thank, thanks, Rudy. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, buddy. But, uh, you know, I, as I was just kind of, you know, wrapping up into there, you know, uh, I, I, as far as I think, I think they are contenders, but I don't feel like they're actually a threat to win the title, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like if mm-hmm. things bounce their way they could definitely make a run for the title or to the finals but they're not really a championship team and i'm i'm not sure what's really missing i don't know what the missing link is yet yeah i think i, I think for me they're they're at the sort of team building process step where you have uh some so a couple guys two or three guys who you know you really like uh-huh. and then a bunch of competent guys who get you really good uh you know value and and you you sort of put the right system in place and you have a really good regular season team that can do some stuff in the playoffs but always seems to fall short and Mm -hmm. i think the next step is to package those guys and get sort of a uh one a a guy who kind of does all that stuff wrapped into one uh, who you can count on a little bit more in the playoffs and uh can do some more things for you. And I don't know who that player is. I don't know if there's a road for them to do that necessarily, but that's kind of where I see them. Mm -hmm. And I've seen other teams in this same kind of, like I said, process towards, uh, yeah, actually being a title threat. Mm -hmm. I I agree with you. They've just got like, just from the the evidence we've seen in the past few postseasons since the Jazz have been relevant, since Donovan Mitchell has been kind of ascending and Rudy Gobert has come into his own. There's just, they, they hit a wall in the West every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it usually just comes down to the fact that they've got all these guys who can do a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit here and there for you. But uh, one by one, they drop off like yep. flies in terms of the production. They can give you like Royce, Royce O'Neal, a great guy to have during the regular season, good three and D guy. But in the playoffs, he's, he's very undersized for the position mm-hmm. he plays. He plays the three or the four. There's only um, so much he's yeah. going to give you. Yeah, only so much you can do. Joe Ingles, don't get me wrong, one of my favorite guys in the league. Another um, Aussie. Uh, Aussie who can defend better than uh, than you think he can. He can hit shots. But uh, when you've got a playoff defense, uh, you know, looking across the court, court at a playoff defense with big athletes, uh, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's, you know, he's going to uh, only give you so much. Um, and Mike Conley, I like the idea, but he's getting up there in age. Like if this was – Grizzlies Mike Conley, I, mm-hmm. it'd be a bit of another story, but um, and he, he's he's still a good player. He can still produce, but uh, he's I don't think he's he's the answer. So um, uh, again, I, I think if everyone buys in again, this team can be the number one seed again or, yeah, or the number sure. two. Uh, you know, it, it's not about what they do in the regular season really, um, and I think even Jazz fans would would agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's it's more about are they built for the playoffs and and bringing back basically the same team again um i, I don't know if they are i mean you can hope that things break right for you um like that's the that's the sort of argument for having a really you know solid team like this where if one guy yep. goes down you're still competent um uh, enough to to play good team ball and, and you know keep winning um so you you, you know if you want to keep keep the continuity of your team and just hope that one year one of the true contenders is going to have a major injury that, that knocks them out then yeah. you know fine but that's that's never a sure thing and that's kind of a dangerous game to play in, in my opinion so I would like to, uh, you know, if I was the Jazz front office, be really aggressive, just looking at what, sure. what's, what's out there around the trade deadline, just seeing if we can package a few of these guys who other teams may want. Um, you know, got a lot of, you know, good contracts, good tradable contracts mm-hmm. uh, that you could send out and try and get someone um, to, you know, next to Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert, um, you know, ideally someone on the wing um, yep. who could uh, – really be a difference maker in the playoffs and then you know fill out your roster after that and then and then we could see like if if it was donovan mitchell rudy gobert and then a really premier like like big wing scorer um you know and in an ideal world a two-way player as well definitely that's a pretty good big three for sure i don't know i don't know who that player is where they're where 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 that player is coming from like i don't know if if uh they exist but that's who they got to be looking for they got to find somebody no i i I think that you that yeah you nailed it on that i think that uh yeah great job man uh but yeah i I think yeah i think that that is what they're missing uh you know just a go-to scoring three just to help uh you know take some of the pressure off mitchell because really in that starting five i mean obviously you know uh with uh bojan and uh jingles and uh (laughs) royce o'neill you'll have these guys who are serviceable to score in you know set plays and situations or just pass out situations but they're not going to, you know, you can't give them the ball and say, okay, go get me a bucket. It's not going to happen yeah. with those guys. It's just not their game, which is not a bad thing, but it's just not what they are. Uh, but I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, we can't, it, it, we can only speculate this so much in the off season. I think once the season starts up, you know, you'll start seeing how guys are playing and, you know, uh, maybe they make a trade early on. Somebody who's a good yeah. scorer starts to slump a little bit and they can, you know, send them a first and, you know, uh, maybe even Ingles because Ingles I think has a, a fairly decent cap hit and he's on the last year of his deal. Uh, I think yeah. it's about 13 million if I'm correct. Uh, so, you know, you could send him off to a team that, uh, you know, isn't uh, maybe contending and they're, uh, you know, they're just, uh, I mean, he could help a contender. I'm not saying he couldn't, but you know, mm-hmm. chances are, if you're going to be getting a, a better player than him, you're not going to be getting from a contending team. Uh, you know, if you can send him to a, a lower team for a you know, young scoring guy uh, and, you know, place them there, who knows? Like maybe they could get something decent from him. I mean, Bowion, I think, is also coming to the end of his uh, his uh, his agreement, his deal. Uh, yep. So they have a lot of expiring deals. So it would really be work. It could be easily a win-win for the Jazz yep. and whatever team they can play ball with. Uh, so it's it's just you know it's just finding the right move. It's finding the right guys that can you know fit with a team. Because again, even though they need scores, all those guys still give one hundred and ten percent on D, and that's a yep. huge thing that you're not going to just get right away from some of these teams. Uh, yeah. and, and, and that's what they what's made them so good. Like, I mean, Quinn Snyder is uh, an amazing head coach and he's really, really instilled that in his guys. And, you know, I have yeah. all the confidence in the world that he could do that with anyone he picks up. Uh, but he, even a guy like Jordan Clarkson, uh, you know, he had an amazing year. Uh, you know, he's yeah. on the sixth man of the year now, uh, uh, just a little off topic. You see the reporter, uh, talking to him, they interviewed him on the street. No. 
So some oh, reporter yeah. in Utah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, did you go you to a lot of jazz, jazz games? games? <laughs> yeah, I went yeah. to I went to a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that happened to Clay Thompson too a couple of years ago. I remember oh, the interview. Yeah. yeah, he was walking on the streets and they were, I interviewed him about like taxes or something. And he was like, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I think I, I don't know what he said. I'm not going to act like I do. But uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny when, you know, you see these pro athletes and they're just walking their street clothes. Yeah. I'm always afraid if I saw a celebrity, would I even like, I think I'd see him like that guy looks like a celebrity, but then never yeah, actually yeah, yeah. confirm it because I'd be like, I'd feel such, like, so, so stupid if I walked yeah. up and asked, are you this person? I said, no. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, as we go back to it, yeah, uh, the Jazz definitely have these guys that they can make these moves for. I think Mike Conley, as you said, like, he's actually, I think, a great guy to have. Plays hard defense, veteran. Yeah, yeah they, 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 uh, he, he, they got him on a good uh, good extension there. And the, the guys they added, like in Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside, they're not game changers, but they did the right thing. Like, the Jazz yeah. front office hasn't done anything wrong. They built a contender. No, no. And they added yeah. more veteran presence that still have skill, like Rudy Gobert. You know, he can you can slot him in in a lot of different places. Hassan Whiteside's a very big body. Uh, obviously, yeah. he's not like a triple double with blocks, Hassan Whiteside <laughs> anymore. But you know, he's serviceable enough to go out and maybe play like ten minutes a game and just get some rebounds for Gobert because he's that's pretty much what he wants to be is Gobert. But he just yeah horrible at actually playing post defense. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's just like he'll sit there on the the help side block and just wait, wait for like a six foot guard to come into the paint so he can snatch it and get a yeah. highlight reel for uh, Instagram. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think Utah. I think I think that they you know they have the means to make this playoff push and try and get to the, the finals, but it's it's going to take you know a couple more roster moves. I just don't think with the talent they've got around them right now that they're they're prepared to get there. Yeah, and also it's heavily dependent on matchups, it seems, because mm -hmm. Rudy Gobert, for as good uh, of a, a player as he is, I think he's more of a guy you make an investment in to uh, sort of ensure that you're always going to have a competent defense all through the year. Like, it mm -hmm. doesn't even really matter what, uh, what other small guys you put around him. If you've got him protecting the rim, um, yeah, through the entirety of the regular season, you're going to have a competent defense, and, and that's really going to help you. Yeah. Um, and then in the playoffs, he can still be a, a good player, but some matchups he really does get exposed. Like if you're going to play, like you saw with the Clippers last year, they had um, yep. pretty much no Trey Man. true Trey Mann or, or, or Terrence Mann. Yeah, Terrence Mann. yeah, apologies. Yeah, and you had no real, um, you know, the, the Clippers didn't try and trot out any actual uh, seven-footers. They put spread the floor with, with shooters, no one really taller than like 6'9". And uh, it was it was really hard for for the Jazz to to deal with that and you know justify having Gobert out there on the floor. Yeah. Um, so um, it, yeah, it would be nice. I, I do think Rudy Gay kind of helps with that. If you need a guy who can kind of you know he's he's not the most comfortable playing the five, but but he he, he can do that for you if you want to if you need to play a team or counter a team that's going small on you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they've got the personnel to do that. Uh, you know, we were talking about. Um, few pods back even the Knicks uh you know depending on your personnel even if you're not one of the top top contenders in the team or, or in the league uh if you can put together like a deadly small ball lineup you can kind of play with anyone the more versatile lineups you can throw out there and For Utah sure. has a lot of lineup versatility because they've got all these guys who can play multiple positions and can shoot it um so you know and maybe that's their ticket in the playoffs maybe um you know they can if they get hot, maybe like we said before, if a uh, few of the contenders in the West are dealing with some injuries, they can, you know, I can plausibly see them 
getting out of the West, but um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I would, with, with the state of the West right now, um, it, 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 it does help them that Jamal Murray is going to be out much of the year and Kawhi sure. Leonard is probably going to be out much of the year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, if you are Utah, you say, let's give it another try here. We were so close. Might um, as well. Right. What do they have to lose? Yeah, no, it's true. And, and there is, there is something to be said for keeping a team together and running it back. Cause you, you chemistry does count for something. Continuity does, does help players. The more you time you have together, the more you gel, Definitely. you know, you know, each other's games. Um, but um but honestly, if in a year where all the teams in the West are healthy, I would uh, I would say it's more likely that the Jazz lose in the second round than get to the finals. Hundred um, percent, yeah, yeah. So so they're in kind of yeah a bit of a precarious spot. Like you, it's kind of like some of these other teams we're talking about. Like I don't know exactly how you get better, but you know I'd rather be the Jazz in that situation. Uh, than the the Timberwolves or even Portland because oh, oh, for them yeah. for At them still um, good. yeah well exactly for them not sure how much better you can get means uh, you know the one seed uh, you know for the playoffs and I think they'll take that every time um, well and I think you you kind of had mentioned it in the past like just like as we glanced over you know we were talking you were saying like uh, with the trailblazers you know falling in love with the guys that you have yeah. I almost feel that this is kind of what they're getting close to yeah not quite to that level. But again, like yeah. the way that they're sitting right now, they're just kind of missing. And obviously that was uh, like, 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 like uh, there was a, it's, there was a lot of other things going on in that situation, but like, uh, and I'm sure people love that everything we say, we bring back to the Raptors, but, yeah. uh, but when you look at you, you brought up that JV trade in something yeah. in a move like that, you know, you acquire a big guy or, you know, just you acquire an upgrade at a position that you need to, you know, maybe that's the, the spot you need help with. And so, you know, if they can find that small forward upgrade or power forward upgrade, whatever it may be, you know, who knows that that might just be yep. the piece you need to make. And sometimes you just got to take that risk. And you know what, yep. if, if you're trying to win a title, you got to take risk. No, yep. no championship teams ever been built on sitting back and playing it safe. It's all about no. taking risks. I mean, uh, no. you can, you can look at any team throughout uh, all the, the, the league's modernized history. All of them have made trades. They've made free agency splashes. Or, you know, they've gone out and they've, uh, you know, they've drafted some crazy, wacky guys. And, like, I mean, yeah. who would have thought, to, you know, like Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker would end up becoming these all-time greats for the yeah. Spurs winning, all, uh, I guess, uh, you know, Manu was only there for the for two of the the, 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 the five there. But, I mean, even yeah. then, uh, you know, okay, it's Giannis. all about taking risks. Yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, who would have thought this guy would be a top, you know, top, top five guy in the league uh, yeah. down the road? So, uh that's my advice to Utah. I mean, Utah's not really known for being a, a risky or dangerous place. They like to kind of yeah. keep uh, keep it close to the vest. But I mean, uh, it, it's it's you got to do it. You got to got to see what you got what it takes to yeah. be an NBA champion. To fight for your right to win more games. <laughs> Jordan, I think that uh, we've pretty much uh, emptied out the barrel here. You're gonna have to empty out the barrel uh, sitting behind, yeah. you, collecting the the leak that is still ongoing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, everybody, again, thanks so much for tuning in and listening to our uh, stupid rants and uh, good, good observations. Uh, it, it, it's been a blast so far. You know, it's a, it, we're just starting off, but I, I think I can speak for Jordan on this. We appreciate anybody who's been listening. Uh, please, you know, again, keep downloading, keep rating us uh, if you can, uh, you know. And, uh, and, follow, us, and yes. follow us on Twitter and, and on Instagram. We've got a Facebook page as well, if that's your thing, if you're a little older. <laughs> Paul, are you listening? <laughs> Matt's father, Paul. Um, 
and uh and well we've got a tiktok account now nothing posted on it yet but but we will you'll, you'll see our faces uh yep. on there yeah we're all under uh, big dog ball talk easy to find yeah we're gonna start getting some more video content out there as well you know we just wanted to get you guys as much content as quickly as possible to start off really get the word of mouth spread but uh we're gonna be back again on uh every Monday and Friday, giving you guys uh, all the content that you could possibly want and need. And again, we'll be throwing in these bonus episodes, uh, you know, on a Wednesday or Saturday, you know, just to sprinkle it in, just to, you know, sweeten the pot for you guys. Cause we just like you so yeah. much. Uh, but everybody tune in for the next episode. We're going to be going uh, specific with the Pacific division. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of great teams, some big contenders. I mean, you could honestly argue uh, at least three to maybe even four contenders, depending on yep. you know uh, what side of the ball you like to sit on. Uh, but again, Thank you so much, guys, for listening to another great episode of Big Dog Ball Talk. And, you know, as my friend Jordan always says, he never he doesn't stop saying this. No. Uh, yeah, and uh, again, I have been saying this for a while. It kind of goes with my other saying I said a few ups back, uh, when it rains, it pours. Um, when, it, when, when there's a leak, um, get to it quickly. You know what I mean? And I'll get under the surface that, like, you, you want to deal with the, the leak as soon as possible such a long thing but you do say that a lot it's exactly the same way I that on the weekend a bunch of times and uh yeah i'll say it again i don't think i'll stop do you have anything you would recommend or is this more of a metaphor no it's a metaphor for what would you use it for in what sense and please um, do the whole thing over again if you could no i can't no 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 look it, it works best when you just say it once and you apply it to your life okay so like i'm not gonna I, say anything right but what if i what if i what if i wanted to uh, i don't know let's just let's put up a hypothetical situation